Welcome back to the Practicing Resurrection podcast from Ecclesia in Princeton. My name is Ian Graham, and today I have the great honor of introducing you to a friend of mine. And from time to time, we'll have friends from within our church and from outside of our church. And today, we have my friend Matt Nelson, who I've known since college, uh, just a wonderful pastor in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and they were a huge part in supporting our church gave to us financially very early on and also just invested in our life and our church together. And so it's a joy to be able to introduce you to Matt. He is a person of profound depth and wisdom and just a person with a hunger for the kingdom of God to come and for people to come to know Jesus. And so his reflections, I'm sure, are going to be a blessing to you today. So I invite you to get out some pen and a paper and to just be ready because I think God's going to move and speak in this short time together. So here's Matt. We pray and know it'll be a blessing to you. Hey, Ecclesia Church. Uh, my name is Matt Nelson. I'm the pastor of City Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, and I run a church planning network called Seed Network. i uh, really honored just to be with you today, man, to share some of my heart with you and just a few thoughts that will hopefully uh, encourage you and maybe challenge you today in your walk with Christ. Um, 2019 for me was actually a, a really difficult year. I know a lot of people look back and they're like, well, 2020 was a tough year. Uh, I actually went through a lot of chaos and just uh, disruption in my life in 2019. Um, so a lot of things all hitting at one time. And I remember at one point we were um, kind of navigating this situation with a church building and it had gone into litigation in the court system and it was frustrating. And uh, I had moved my mother-in-law into our house. Her health was declining and uh, literally our, I'm going to court to, to try to fight for this building that we're trying to acquire. And I get a call from my wife that my mother-in-law is taking her final breaths and um, she passes away in, in our house uh, just the next day. And there were just a hundred other things that were happening. And um, I kind of hit a wall in my life of just, um, man, just kind of burnout and fatigue. And uh, I've been pastoring City Church for 10 years at this point and, and just kind of stepped back for a little bit and took a little sabbatical. And, and uh, during that time of just stepping away from teaching and preaching and just the day to day, uh, I just felt the Spirit of God bringing me back to just some of these foundational rhythms and practices uh, in my life that uh, that I had just neglected, and I still had these some of these times here or there, but had just not really been strong in just the the the, the art of spiritual formation. And as I began to look around me at just so many people that were running here and there, and just stressed out, and anxiety and fear everywhere. I just began to look and say, you know what, I think I think in the church today, we, we may have a spiritual formation problem. And in spiritual formation, honestly, I, I simplify it to this. You become what occupies your mind. You become what occupies your mind. Uh, I, I don't think the technological advances have, have, hurt, have helped us at all with this. Now we're constantly bombarded everywhere we look. It's actually rewired our brain to be able to think in like small little segments instead of really contemplate. In fact, I remember uh, kind of the theologian and the mathematician, he's many things, Blaise Pascal said this. He said, all the unhappiness of men rises from one single fact. They are unable to stay quietly in their own room. 
that we almost have to have some, some sort of external stimulus to, to constantly keep us engaged. And we've lost the art of really sitting at the feet of Jesus, of really being. Maybe even times we've traded spiritual formation for simply uh, for social justice or action. And now we want to go do something at the expense of really allowing our hearts uh, to be formed. And, and I know I had lost some of that. And, and really, when I came back from my sabbatical, I spent some time just really leading our church through rediscovering rhythms and practices that bring life, that form us and shape us. Uh, I think we, we actually change and grow through this process called indirection. And let me explain it like this. You don't wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to be more patient today. That's great that you want to do that, but you have to do the things that are necessary in order to produce those fruit. And I heard a story about this a while back of, of Peyton Manning, uh, quarterback at that time for the Indianapolis Colts, and uh, ended up being one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. And uh, what Peyton Manning would do is he would go out on Saturday afternoon with his uh, center at that time, and they would actually dunk footballs in water, and they would run routes with their receivers with these these water-soaked footballs, and they would learn how to snap the ball and in the mud and the rain. And little did he know that uh, in one of the Super Bowls against the Chicago Bears and Rex Grossman, it would be played in the rain. And people were astounded at how well Peyton Manning played in the rain. And, and Peyton, Mac, Peyton Manning actually said this. He's like, I didn't wake up one day and just say, I'm going to be the greatest quarterback ever or that I'm going to play great in this game. He said, I did the things necessary in order to play well when the time came. And I think it's it's how we change. We change through the process of indirection. We we do the things we need to do in order to allow God to produce the fruit of the Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to transform us and, and change us. And, and really rediscovering some of those things uh, has been huge for me. And I think it starts with um, you really have to have a proper view of God. I've realized over the year many people struggle with spiritual formation because they have a skewed understanding of, of God's heart for them. Um, and, and if you believe that God is not trustworthy, if you don't believe that he's 100% good and for you, it's hard to have intimacy with someone that you don't believe is 100% good. And so I've realized in spiritual formation that a lot of times it's stopping to really rediscover the heart of God for us. Uh, I, I think of it like this. I tell this story often. It, it just kind of deeply shaped me years ago. Uh, imagine I'm sitting around the campfire with my son. My oldest son is 10, 10 years old. We, I, we have four children. And, uh, and maybe he's getting older and maybe he's 14, 15 years old. And I sit around the campfire with him one day and, and here's what I look at him. I say, Jackson, here's what I need from you, buddy. I need you to be the best in life at everything you do. The best in your class, valedictorian, the best athlete. One day when you gra you know graduate high school, you get a scholarship and go to college. You graduate and get a great job. I need you to be the best. Well, what is Jackson going to do? Right From that moment of his life, he's going to leave that space. And for the rest of his time, he's going to try to achieve the best. And, and inevitably, when he can't reach that level of achievement, he's going to slip into shame and condemnation and guilt for not living up to his dad's expectation. On the flip side of that, what if I have my son around the campfire and, and I just look at him and I say, hey, Jackson, Hey, buddy, here's what I want from you. Man, I just want to know you. Like, I, I just want to be in your presence. 
And I love this, that we don't have anything to do or anywhere to go. And I hope 10 years and 20 years from now, we can just do this. What happens in, for, in Jackson's heart in that moment? There's just kind of this deep knowing that I mean, I'm loved by my dad and he just wants to be with me. And I think the heart of spiritual formation and practices is not that we go do something to earn God's love and favor, but that our heavenly father just wants to sit with us. Like he just longs for every moment that we give him. And, uh, and I have to remind myself that because I'm an achiever by nature and I like to go and I like to accomplish things that, man, my heavenly father is looking for just a moment of my affection and love and attention. And to me, that establishes this foundation for these rhythms and practices. And, and then I look at my life and I say, how can I weave these practices into everything that I do? How can I weave them constantly? If I want to be a kingdom, uh, a kingdom minded person, then I, then I have to have kingdom practices that, that kind of infiltrate my life on a regular basis. Where do I tend to meet with God? How do I naturally connect with God? Uh, when do I feel closest to God? What are those things that maybe lead me away from God? And begin to develop some growth strategies in my life that just bring me back uh, into relationship with Jesus. And, and I think those, those strategies and these practices and, and rhythms, they break us from the secular narrative and the world around us. And they recenter us into the heart of God and who we are. And uh, they bring life. And uh, it, it's really just a, a beautiful thing. And if I could, just as we wrap this up, and I hope this was encouraging to you, I just want to pray for you and just encourage you today um, to really maybe reevaluate or evaluate your time and your day. And how can I weave some of these rhythms and practices of spiritual formation into my life that bring life, that remind me who I am, that root me in my identity uh, as a son, as a daughter of God. So if I could, let me pray this prayer blessing over you. Father, we thank you. Uh, that we are sons and daughters and that we don't earn or achieve your love. Um, but the gospel tells us that we are loved and, uh, and that you went and you gave your life on our behalf. And so we rest in that, we sit in that, and we just pray, Father, that you would help us uh, be strategic and intentional about uh, the practices and rhythms of our life, that we would lean into that love and allow it to shape us and mold us. And I pray for every person who would be listening to this, that they would rest in that today and find moments throughout their day uh, to recenter themselves around the heart of God. We pray these things in your name. Amen. What a gift Matt is. I know you were blessed by that. Look forward to seeing you again on the Practicing Resurrection podcast tomorrow. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. And may he give you peace. Ecclesia, grace and peace to you. Until tomorrow.